Okay, we are back with another episode of your favorite podcast, I Think I Know Basketball. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Thanks for joining us once again. And remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at I Think I Know underscore BB, on Instagram at I Think I Know underscore B-Ball, mm-hmm. and listen to us on the Anchor FM app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Let's yes. go, Keese. Do all that. And look, keep an eye out. We will have the I Think I Know Basketball website up and running soon. No timetable on that, but it's going to be up and running real soon. So you can get all your content right from the website. I think I know basketball.com or something like that. Maybe you guys can suggest some domain names for our website. Yeah, just nothing stupid. Yeah. And it's got to have I think I know basketball in it or something of that kind. <laughs> Don't be messing with us. It's going to be a hard one. He's like, I think I know basketball is already pretty long. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. How much know. more creative can they be? I feel like our listeners are pretty smart and they're, and they're clever. They'll, they'll come up with some clever I'll give stuff. you guys the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I like y'all. Let's start with some dope, dope basketball news that happened outside of the NBA. Yes, sir. The homie Allen Iverson returned to Bethel High School in his hometown of Hampton, Virginia, to celebrate the gymnasium being renamed in his honor. Man, that, that, is, that is just super cool. For a guy who I grew up watching, me and my cousin loved playing Allen Iverson on like the very first NBA 2K games. Mm. Allen Iverson in the Philadelphia 76ers, like we used to fight over who we got to play those teams. I mean, Allen Iverson crossed Jordan first, so you already know the guy is a, is a cultural icon. The thing that's interesting about this whole situation, Allen Iverson almost didn't have a basketball career at all. Yeah, people forget that, man. Because of this same town. Because of this same town. Yep. So on Valentine's Day in 1993, Allen Iverson and a few of his homies was at the bowling alley. Apparently, a white man said a racial slur to him. A a crazy brawl broke out. And there was chairs being thrown everywhere. It was was a racial brawl. Um, Long story short, only four black dudes was arrested, Allen Iverson being one of them, and he was sentenced to 15 years in prison for a brawl at a bowling alley. Mind you, this guy... High school. This guy was an all-scholastic athlete in football and basketball. He was a hell of a quarterback, man. If you ain't seen Allen Iverson play quarterback, you need to go see that. 15 years he got sentenced to in jail. He gives a lot of credit to Tom Brokoff. If it wasn't for Tom Brokoff shedding the light on his situation, Allen Iverson feels like he wouldn't have never even got out of jail. 15 years for a bowling alley brawl. Ridiculous. As a high schooler. Like, don't forget that. So I think that the fact that the gym is now named after him is dope. I mean, just one more other thing about Allen Iverson, I thought that was pretty dope, just to just to just throw yeah. this out there, no, was absolutely. his deal with Reebok. His deal with Reebok has literally helped him not go broke. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff didn't become public knowledge until, you know, he got sued and his wife filed for divorce. But pretty much when he signed his deal with Reebok, he signed the deal that also pays him $800,000 a year for life, and it put... $32 million away in a trust fund, which he can't access until he's 55, which is in 2030. And with that being said, he's only getting half because the wife filed for divorce. You yeah. already know how that go. But long story short, man, Allen Iverson is a cultural icon. He's a legend. And let's give that man a round of applause for having the gym named after him in his hometown where he almost didn't even have a basketball career. It's crazy because he was. you mentioned the money. He was pretty down on his luck for a little while, right? I mean, the man, it was pretty good. He had went to court. He got sued by a jeweler for like $900,000. He went to court and he said, listen, Yana, I'm only making $62,500 a month. My expenses exceed $390,000. Man said he was spending $10,000 a month on grocery. (laughs) 
You need to go shop at Aldi. He, he was eating. He was eating vegan before all of us. <laughs> it's like it's like what is going on? That's, that's organic. Wild, he he had all the organic, expensive stuff way before. Like, what, what all the you, prototypes. What are like, you spending ten thousand dollars on in grocery? I don't know if I've spent ten thousand dollars on anything cumulative. Can you spend a th- Can you spend a thousand dollars at a grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> Like what? But then we're gonna talk about ten thousand, like a thousand dollars. Can you spend that at a grocery store? I mean, I'm sure you can, but I don't know what you're buying because I'm Everything. not. I'm not buying that. <laughs> Hell no. I'm gonna buy the store. No, man. <laughs> I, I get I get mad when the grocery bills hundred and fifty dollars. No, that's crazy. But shout out to Allen Iverson Absolutely. again. So let's keep it moving to basketball. We back in the NBA now. We just had some big stuff drop just a little while ago oh, while we were man. getting ready to prep oh. for this. Coming out of New York City, man. I was tell just us about watch, it. I was just watching this team over the last week. Yes, and you I was, were. I was thinking to myself, yes, man, I feel bad for this team. I'm not going to talk too much about what I was watching over the week. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But David Fisdale just got fired from the New York Knicks as the head coach. And you know what? I feel like and we were talking about this in the pregame. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're Four and 18 at the time of his firing. Team's not playing very well. They really don't have a whole lot of direction, even if they do have a couple of young players like RJ Barrett, who could be really interesting. At the same time, I think about what the New York Knicks did to this man in terms of giving him this roster after he thought he was going to get Kristaps Porzingis when he got hired. And Kyrie Irvin or Kevin Durant. Yeah, a big free agent <laughs> signing. And then he got left with Julius Randle. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing, though. I like Julius Randle, man. Like I said, but David Fisdale, it's not all the Knicks' fault. It's his fault, too. Yeah, it is. I watched a lot of post-game interviews from over the last week and before that. One thing that's been a, a theme is trust issues. Yeah. And to hear it from the players saying that the players aren't trusting each other, I'm like, hmm, where's this coming from? Attitude reflects leadership. Exactly. The coach doesn't trust any of those players. He hasn't. He's not putting none of the young players on the court. He hasn't had the same starting lineup. Nope. I don't even know <laughs> what the starting lineup is for the Knicks. There's no consistency. No. He has 17 power forwards. He, he's not <laughs> developing the rookies. Like it's just it's all types of craziness no, going but on. Like for real, like a third of their roster is straight up power forwards. I mean, it is straight up power forwards, but that's what he was dealt. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's like, damn, man. You got you to fight. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's like he, was, he was dealt a bad hand, but in the end, you got to play it, and he didn't play it well enough. It's as simple as that. And, and, you know, he couldn't find any consistency out of it. He couldn't stick with anything long enough to, uh, you know, really see if it worked or not, in my opinion. No, so, no. I mean, James Dolan is is a major jag. Like, yeah. everybody hates him. Yeah, everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. But it seems as if he was, you know, in Fizdale's air. You know, telling him what he wants. You know what I'm saying? Because Fitzdale seemed to be moving like he was walking on eggshells. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't want to upset the organization. He also didn't want to lose the trust of the young guys. And in reality, he did both. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in the end, it was kind of a no-win situation um, when I saw that they hired him in the first place. It had its attractive points for a couple of reasons. Because, again, this is before the Knicks traded away Kristaps Porzingis. Again, yeah. And he was kind of trying to clean up some of the trust issues that the organization had created with Porzingis and trying to get him to stay. He told me he flew to... Yeah, he flew to Latvia to try and smooth over some stuff that... This man flew to Latvia. To try and and 
keep Kristaps Porzingis happy. And they still happy. lost them. And they, and they <laughs> traded him away. They didn't get Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving and none of that. As a matter of fact, they went to, you know, one of the other boroughs in, you know, New York. Yeah. And yeah. now they get to see him all the time, you know, at least once <laughs> Kevin Durant gets healthy. And so the the New York Knicks, you can blame it on whoever you want. And certainly Fizdale was probably not up to the task, at least not up to this particular task. But the Knicks organization is a dumpster fire. It just is what it is, man. Where do the Knicks go from here? Back that's, to a the rhetor- that's, a, that's a rhetorical question. Don't even answer it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. They're definitely going back to the lottery. We already know that. The lottery's not helping them. No. <laughs> no. Okay, man. We had enough about talking about bad basketball until we get to our three teams that we want to talk about. Yeah. So let's talk about some crazy basketball. How about we do that? Let's do it, man. Because I, I know exactly where you're going with this. And I can, with all the cameras in the world, I can't believe that this actually no, happened. But it's yeah, unbelievable. Wait, fill us in. Let's go back to Tuesday night. Houston Rockets versus San Antonio Spurs. Another team I was watching another, the Spurs. Another team that Marquise was watching. So it's like this is right up the alley. Right, right up the alley. So I admit I did not get a chance to watch this game, but I know what happened because I, I, it I, was everywhere. I watched the game and it was crazy. Fourth quarter. Rockets are winning by 13 points. And James Harden is in his groove, too. Like ja- James Harden is in the bag. I mean, he ended this game with 50 points. In his bag. You know, and so he's doing a standard James Harden thing, gets a steal, goes in all alone for a dunk, dunks it so hard that the ball actually twists up through the net and out as it's coming out the bottom of the net. Mm-hmm. He knows he made the dunk, but... Everybody else thinks he misses it. The ball starts bouncing around the court and goes out of bounds. And mm. everybody's like, what in the world just happened? The refs don't count the basket. Which is crazy. James Harden is wondering what in the hell's going on. Mike D'Antoni has no idea what the hell's I'll going on. I'll be lost on. too, yeah. And the referees had no idea what the hell's going on because they offered Mike D'Antoni two different explanations. Here's what Mike D'Antoni had to say after the game about what the referees told him. You tell me if any of this makes sense. I have no idea. I heard that they said that uh, the ball hit James and went back through, so it was goaltending on James. So I said, I challenged that. Then um, I didn't get a response. And another guy said, it wasn't goaltending, it just went out of bounds on, on us. And I said, well, I challenged that. And they go, can't do that. I, you know, I don't know. I didn't get an explanation. And I got nothing. I can't tell you. So basically what we have here is the referees <laughs> The referees were like, oh, I guess it was basket interference because he tossed it back up through the net because it bounced off of him. And then another guy was like, uh, actually, uh, no, he just missed the dunk, but it went out of bounds. Mike D'Antoni, I was a little hard on D'Antoni at first because I wasn't sure if he challenged it. And I thought that he let the challenge period of 30 seconds that you have an opportunity to challenge expire. That's not what happened. Mm. He did try to challenge. The referees just had no idea what was happening, and so he couldn't get a challenge off on this play. Anyways, this, it's like it's like the N- the NBA is effectively creating the same issues the NFL has. Just a brief segue. I was watching an interview about this with Doris Burke, and she's been talking to coaches around the league, and they hate the challenges. Brad Stevens went off Brad just Stevens in the last him. week, he and was just like, "I'm done." With these fucking challenges. Straight up. Like, yeah, that's just what he straight said. up on the bench said that. Okay, and, and, and that's wild. So, anyways, this miss, you know, quote unquote, miss dunk happens. Rockets still up 13. 
They go on to blow that 13-point lead. They gave up 19 points to Lonnie Walker. What? You know, and most of y'all <laughs> probably don't even know who that is. I only know about it because of this amazing video of him almost dunking last year and you know, freaking people out because yeah. he has crazy hops. Yeah, yeah. He hits a deep three at the buzzer to tie the game. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this game is in overtime, and the Rockets end up losing this game. They lost. How much they lose by? They lost by two points. <laughs> in other words... The difference between a James Harden dunk that could have counted and didn't. So anyway, the Rockets are mad. Yeah. They're talking to the league office. They have officially but filed first, a... First off, sure. the Rockets can't be mad that they still lost. They can be mad about the call, but they can't be mad they lost the game. They blew a 13-point lead. They literally are protesting this game on the grounds that they want to play back the last seven minutes and 50 seconds of this game, which is about when this incident happened. It's crazy. There were some sources in the Rockets organization that were like, oh yeah, maybe they'll even award us the win because if you count that dunk, we outscored them in regulation. And it's like, okay, you're well within your rights to protest this if you want. All types of loopholes going on right now. But... You blew a 13-point lead. Yes, after the dunk. That is not, that is not like, the dunk's fault. That's not exactly. the ref's fault. You blew that The lead. dunk happened, and you guys were still up 13. Move on. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You, you, the dunk happened, you was up 13, and you lost the lead, and then went on to continue to lose the game. It would be one thing if mm-hmm. this happened in the last 10 seconds of the game, and they missed out on those two points that would have put them up two right at the end of the game. Then I could understand the idea of you potentially wanting to get that win because mm-hmm. that's like right there at the wire. There's eight minutes left in the damn game. Yeah. Win the game. Go focus and win the game. So, I mean, I, I, with all this that has happened, how do you feel about the coach's challenge? I feel like it... Well, you know, not even the coach's challenge. Do you feel... Like, I, now I don't even know what to ask you because like, I can't believe that even after they watched the replay... How can you watch that replay and not see that? It, not but, see that. But, that. but that was the problem. They didn't watch the replay. They didn't. Because their replay rules are so weird right now that I don't think they entirely know what's a replay. So they, they assumed they knew what happened. But here's, here's another thing. If you can review whether you think somebody stepped on the line on a three-point shot, uh-huh. or you can review if somebody potentially did a goaltend, you can see if they made contact with the ball before it hits the backboard or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. If you can review that, you should be able to review whether or not a ball goes through the damn hoop. You absolutely should. I mean, you, sh- you should be able to review anything. If you're going to be, if there's, if a review is going to be an option, you should be able to review anything. And I know why they don't want to do that because they don't want people just like calling for reviews on just like every Everything. little thing. They already got problems with fouls because fouls are so subjective. Yeah. But that is not subjective. I mean, whether that was crazy. Or, whether was or not crazy. the ball goes through the net and comes out the other side is not, not subjective. Absolutely not subjective. Review that. Funny thing is, something else happened that they should have reviewed. They should have saw. It was clear as day. Everyone, <laughs> everyone that was watching the game, everyone that was at the game, even the person that that did it himself, is like, ah, I don't. <laughs> so set it up for the people. So so now we're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers, yeah, man. playing against the Utah Jazz. So our boy LeBron James is dribbling the ball up the court in the first quarter of this game against the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Sees something he doesn't like. Um, he's looking for Kentavious Caldwell Pope coming around the screen. Mm-hmm. And because LeBron got vision. KCP falls down, and for whatever reason at that point, LeBron James just magically forgot how to play basketball. He picks the ball up, thinking that probably was going to pass, and he just keeps walking. Crazy. He, he literally picks the ball up, walks two steps, 
then dribbles it again before passing it off. He committed a travel and a double dribble on the same play. I don't know. I don't know if a, I've a palming. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen so many dribbling violations happen on the same play. Usually, it's just a really bad travel or something like that. But he he did them all. Yeah. And the funniest thing is that. Bohan Bogdanovich is standing in front of him, guarding him, being looking at the refs like, what? Did oh, you really man. not see this? Did that really honestly happen? It's funny, though, because later in the game, in the third quarter, they caught LeBron James on a mic talking to somebody on the baseline. I think it was to an official or a cameraman or something like that, saying that he saw the play at halftime and said it was the worst that he had ever done. Here's some sound from the post game where actually a reporter asked him about what he was saying to that person yeah, yeah. about the travel. Check this out. Yeah, it was the worst thing I ever, probably one of the worst things I've ever done in my career. I didn't even realize I did it until halftime, to be honest. One of my coaches showed me. I didn't even realize I did it. I think at the same time, I was watching the underneath play and KCP and uh, Donovan got into it. Um, KCP started to run, and then Donovan bumped into him. He fell on the ground, and I think I was ready to pass the ball. And my brain just kind of just <laughs> – I just had a malfunction. I really had a malfunction. So, you know, I feel bad for the refs on that one because, you know, they probably get a write-up on that one. That was, that was pretty bad. This guy. <laughs> so, so, hey, you got to give it to LeBron James. I mean, even he knows when he's done something pretty egregious. And, and people get on LeBron James for his traveling all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that he's gone back and seen some of his travels and stuff like that. Some of them have been kind of whatever – um, you know, lost in the sea of bodies or whatever, but that one was right there out in front of everybody, and he admitted it himself that that's one of the worst things he's done on the basketball court. I mean, I, I asked this question when we was talking about the coaches' challenges. The coaches' challenges is really highlighting the bad referees in the NBA. Like, there's so many bad refs in the NBA. They're just missing everything. And like I said, we need to keep stats on these refs and – Look at their numbers at the end of the year on how many calls they missed, how many calls they got right, and all that type of stuff. Set a, uh, set a, a bar, like a standard for the, that they need to meet in order to stay referees in the league. I saw somebody suggesting on Twitter that every violation like that that's just really blatant that a referee misses, they should get their pay docked for it. Ooh, and it's I all, like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's also kind of sad, though, because LeBron, even in that quote, was just like, yeah, I know the refs are going to going to probably get written up for that as well. But it's funny because real quick, that wasn't even the only point of news that happened with LeBron later no, in that no. game. So uh, the Lakers ended up smashing the Jazz pretty yeah. bad. LeBron James and AD, Anthony Davis, didn't even play in the fourth quarter of this Crazy. game. LeBron James as he often does, took off his shoes. He knew he wasn't going back in the game because they were winning by like 30 points. Yeah. Takes off his shoes, signs them, and gives them to a couple of kids that are sitting courtside. Really cool thing that, that he frequently does, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, later on in that game, like two minutes left or something like that, uh, Kyle Kuzma picks up a couple of big blocks, which is something that kind of matters because Kyle Kuzma's not really known for his defense. No. LeBron got really excited, <laughs> got up off the bench, and starts wandering down the baseline and actually gets on the court. Like, not on the court a whole, whole lot, yeah. but he was on the court enough to have two feet on the court and on on the side that the yep, play yep. is happening. He's not that far away from the ball no. as, it, as it starts going the other way, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, like, LeBron was on the court with no shoes, and the Utah Jazz announcers were not happy about it. Oh, Check man. this out. This is during the game. This is what the announcer said about it as it was happening. Night uh, game with Memphis inside Tony blocked by Kuzma. Got it back. Big fella turns, and the crowd continues to fight. Blocked again. Look at LeBron. He's on the court. 
with no shoes, mind you. Wow, what is going on that's, here? That's some disrespect right there. Please. Oh, man. And, and I'll say this about the announcers. Later on in the game, they started focusing on the whole shoes thing because they were wondering why his shoes were off. But I mean, they had nothing else to focus on. Their team's getting beat. <laughs> beat down. Here's the thing. I want to ask you this question real quick. Uh-huh. Is it really disrespectful what LeBron James just did, or is everybody kind of making too much about nothing? It's disrespectful when LeBron James cheers his son at an at a AAU basketball game. So that that just tells you where the world is as far as yeah, it pertains yeah, to this J- guy. Yeah, when it, LeBron it James enters a, his kid's layup line. It doesn't matter what he does. It's gonna They're just going to try to vilify this man. You know what I'm saying? He has a, a, a great, almost near-perfect you know, track record like we, we've spoke about. Yeah, I, I don't think that he's doing too much at all. I think that people just don't have nothing bad to say about him, so they're going to nitpick at everything that he does. And so, I mean, the shoes thing, obviously, I mean, he gave them away to some kids, right? LeBron being on the court, okay, I can see that being a little bit silly. My my caveat to that, though, is look at every other game where a big play happens, and you will always see dudes that are supposed to be on the bench on the fringes of the court. I mean, They're always on the damn court. The, 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 the benches are out here doing choreographed dances now. You know what I'm saying? And, and again, I bet you that announcer that said that was probably an old white dude. Yes. Exactly. Most See, definitely. Like, yeah, man. That's it, all it's, we got. It's, 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 two, it's two old white dudes, obviously, like being mad. I just don't see that it's a big deal. And if you're going to get mad about LeBron doing it, then you better get mad about everybody else. I mean, but that's, that's because, you know. They can't just – they're already mad that their team's getting beat as bad as they're beat, and they, they, they're trying to be professional, so they don't want to talk trash or do say what they really want to say or all these different – so they just try to find anything that the opposite team's doing to just nitpick at and try to make it seem like they're not being classy while they're winning. It's yep, like, get you know, out of here, because man. Because that, that matters so much. It's yeah. like, man, it's like if, you, if you're mad about LeBron James walking on the court – in, in his, his socks, socks. <laughs> or 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 you're mad or you're mad about wait, LeBron wait, wait, James. Wait, 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 wait. That sense it sounds wild. <laughs> it, 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 it does sound a, it does sound a little bit crazy when you say you that. You said it back to me, and I was like, man, if I was a, I would have been pissed off. <laughs> no, but wait, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. No, I'm saying you can be mad about that. That's cool. That's fine. Especially if you're a player, you can be mad about that. Um, you know, you can you can keep it in your mind for next time. You could be mad about LeBron James when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, flipping the water bottle with with his teammates to try to make good. it. Entertainment. <laughs> At the same time, if you if you want to be mad about it, that you better do something on the court. Mm-hmm. Don't let them do that mess again. Anyway, let's get on to some real basketball mm-hmm. and talk about uh, what teams we were watching over the last week. And let's start with you, Mr. You Keys. want me to go first? Got? Let's well, go. I, I was watching the New York Knicks. And I'll just say, <laughs> I'll just say at the end of me watching them, the coach got fired. <laughs> you over here talking about me being bad luck. <laughs> you you got David Fisdale fired. It Keith. wasn't me. It, it wasn't was the me. Celtics hat too. It was the 87th starting lineup on game 20. It was like, how you even do that? It's not even possible. It's he only like, has like 22 wins and it like was crazy. It's crazy in, in those I, year and a half he was I, coaching. <laughs> so listen, I, I was watching the Knicks. And honestly, I said I wanted to watch the Knicks to see if they're as bad as we thought they was. And yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're worse than it. It's like it's, it's horrible. It's 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 a dumpster fire. They need to just they need to just change their name. They need to do something else. Like don't call themselves like just 
take a year off or something. Like, do what the NBA did for Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Don't, take, don't be over here. <laughs> Instead of doing it with the whole team, go get, go get your life. Yeah, just go, go, get, go your get your life right. Like, you know, it's, it's don't, crazy. Don't be over here calling the Madison Square Garden the mecca of basketball. That's where basketball goes yeah, to the die, mecca, bro. The mecca of college basketball tournaments. We talking NBA? No. <laughs> good, good call. <laughs> so, yeah, again, I was watching the New York Knicks. I really don't have much to say. I mean, David Fisdale doesn't know how to develop rookies he didn't know how to develop rookies <laughs> but then but that's my thing it's like i don't want to put that all on him because the situation he's in he's not really in a position to develop rookies i really believe that dolan the owner it's right? interesting because he was billed as a guy who was great at player development and communication and all that but that's stuff. what i'm saying yeah. i feel like he i feel like he wants to he you know he was going to try to do that stuff but he also wanted to appease the front office and make sure that he was accomplishing what their agenda was or whatever their goals are and that kind of detracted away from him being able to be him you know what I'm saying I don't necessarily have anything to back up any of that but (laughs) James Dolan's the kind of dude who bans fans from showing up to Madison Square Garden when they heckle him for being I'm just talking about David Fisdale like Like, I don't have anything to back up David Fisdale like I don't have I don't have it's like this is his chance to like to do something. Yeah. I guess I was just talking about why would anybody want to appease that guy? But yeah, but yeah, no, but, right, but right. I mean, no, you're right. I mean, Dave- I mean, if you're, if he's the guy signing your checks, yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Like David Fisdale, he's signing yeah. David Fisdale's no, checks. You're right. yeah. He wants to make sure that he's at least trying to accomplish what he's trying to do. Dolan seems like the type of guy that's controlling. He wants to do things the way he wants to do it. That's why the whole Phil Jackson thing didn't work out. Yep. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So he wants to do things the way he wants to do it. I believe that Fisdale can develop young talent i believe also that he wasn't in a situation to do that in new york all right man other team i was watching was the other team in that whole rockets debacle (laughs) (laughs) and they won they won they won that game against the rockets um i don't feel like greg popovich has lost his sauce I do feel like it's a transitional period. For the team, yeah. For the team, for the organization, for the coach, for everything. They got to figure it out, what direction they want to go. They have a nice core of young talent that they can possibly build around as far as Murray goes, Forbes, and Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Skywalker, bro. Lonnie Skywalker. But, you know, it's going to take some time, and that's where they're at right now. So how about the third team? Who else was on the list? The third team I was watching, the Washington Wizards. Mm, And I I was watching them specifically for Brad. Bradley Bill, and he did not disappoint. Never does. That man is legit a sharpshooter. And the thing that's interesting is, I'm I'm wondering, was John Wall stopping him from flourishing like this? Well, I feel like with with John Wall, right, because, um, you know, he was dynamic in his own way when when he was healthy. You know, good assist guy, electric attack in the rim, and every once in a while could hit a shot. Though shooting was never really his specialty, Mm -hmm. you know. But but I think. Yeah, that's the thing when you have two dynamic guards, and Mm -hmm. that's your setup, right? And you're built around having two great guards. There can be a little bit of that push and pull uh, where it's not always, you know, the kind of give and take relationship that that you want. Um, Though I think that Bradley Beal's been plenty successful enough. I mean, he's been an all-star, you know, and, 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 and stuff like that. But I think, like, again, when you get an opportunity to see Bradley Beal being the guy then you get to see him taking most of the shots and you get to see him being the guy that creates. So and, that's, and so that's, something, that's, that, that's yeah. something that I was watching. And when they play with John Wall, right, last year and they was healthy and they was doing their thing, it seemed as if Bradley Bill was playing more of a 
Clay Thompson yeah. mm-hmm. type role where he's just running around, coming off the screen, catch and shoot type situation. Yeah. And the reality from what I'm seeing is that may not be the game that's best suited for Bradley Bill. He needs to have the ball in his hand. He needs to be able to make some decisions and do stuff like that because it seems as if it does open up things for everybody else. Now, I'm saying that because John Wall is not on the court right now. Yeah. So with him and John Wall on the court at the same time, I would love to see the sharing of the ball happening, kind of like what they was trying to do in Houston with James Harden and Chris Paul, and right now with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So along with that, the Wizards have been dealing with some injuries. Their big men are like non-existent. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, like the Knicks got all the forwards, the Wizards got all the guards. It's <laughs> like they're like, we're going to play small ball, we're just not even going to do it. It's to the point where they have a young rookie forward named Roy Hachimura, and I hope I said that name right, but they just threw him out there in the Wolves, and he's he's putting up numbers. You know, I was going to say, too, you know, you, you were you were interested in Mo Wagner, too, you know, the guy yeah. who the Lakers drafted, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, came over from there and trying to see how he was doing. And, and, and again, like, it seems like he's never really been able to get traction on the court and mm-hmm. it's like when he does like he's a you know maybe a decent little shooter and stuff like that like a stretch four but stretch we haven't four, really yeah. been able to see him we haven't really i mean it's interesting it seems like the nba as a whole has been dealing with a lot of injuries mm-hmm. for the first half for like the first 20 games yeah. so it has my three teams i was watching what about your three teams all right so let's start this off with the miami heat you know so they were kind of like my my big ticket team this week i feel like um, low-key, they're dangerous, man. I've been saying this. I've been I, saying this. I'll tell you what. So, Kendrick Nunn has been struggling a little bit of late. I had to drop him. I had him on my fantasy yeah. team. I had to drop him. Yeah, so he's been struggling a little bit of late. Jimmy Butler, though, is turning it up. So, I mean, they just lost uh, you know, a game to the Celtics, but he had 37 points in that game. He was putting up some numbers. Um, he's always been good as a two-way guy that can fill up a stat sheet, no problem. But I'll tell you what, man. You watch this team. They've got shooters everywhere everywhere starting lineup the bench duncan robinson okay look man i i'm like seeing duncan robinson popping up all over the place like mm-hmm. this dude is reminding me of like baby kyle corver and jj reddick but even with a little bit more range man he he needs like no space to get off a shot and he's over there putting up like 28 foot threes like they're not cheap threes you know he comes off a screen anywhere and this dude can hit a damn shot yeah so I was not expecting that. Like they've got like eight guys in double figure scoring right now, including Duncan Duncan Robinson. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Duncan Robinson, double figures. And and you got Justice Winslow putting up like twelve points off the bench. Like they just have so much going for them right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. They're they're a nice complete team. They're not quite at the level of the Bucks or the Celtics, but man, they're like right up there in terms of complete teams that I feel like everybody should be watching out for. You know, like I said, they, they lost to the Celtics. That broke a three-game winning streak, but just before that— Shout-outs to the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, shout-outs <laughs> to the Celtics real quick. I'm not watching, and apparently they're winning again. I got my hat on. Got the hat on. But before that, they just took down the Raptors, who are also up there uh, in the Eastern Conference, and they showed off a little bit of that defensive medal in that game. So, again, I just think that when it comes to the Miami Heat, man, do not sleep on these guys. I'm not going to sleep on the Miami Heat. What's your second team you was watching? The Sacramento Kings. So they had a big win against the Denver Nuggets, who are a top team in the Western Conference. Definitely a top team. And then they played down to the Chicago Bulls and lost to the Blazers. But, uh, you know, the Blazers are starting to surge a little bit, so maybe I guess that makes a little bit of sense. Mellow. 
in, in diving into it, man, Buddy Heald, his shooting touch has just not been there when he's been the lone guy, right? So so right now, just for context, they're missing De'Aaron Fox, yep. their electric starting point guard. Speedy Fox. They're still missing Marvin Bagley. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably going to be missing those two guys probably for a couple more weeks still. So Buddy mm-hmm. Heald's been having to shoulder the load, and he's having to take a lot more shots. Yeah. He's seeing a lot of really tough defense. He's only made nine of his last 38 three-pointers. Listen, He's struggling I, hard, I can't. Bro. I can't tell because I got him on my fantasy basketball team, and the points are still coming in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because he's getting the free throws and, the usage, and, and all the usage, that stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's getting a lot of usage. But, you know, I, I think that once he gets those guys back, it's going to be a little bit easier for him because the man is a pure shooter. Like, he can, he can shoot the ball. He can score. It's just that him having to be the only dude out there doing it right now, it's a little much for him. I don't want to hear no complaining from Buddy Hill because – you complain about getting a max deal and getting that true. bag, this is true. and you got it. And this is what comes with that territory. This is true. When your other teammates that contribute are injured, it's on you to step up to do what you got to do because you got the bag. Now go prove it. Yeah, and I'll say this about the Kings: they're not necessarily out of it, right? You know, they're still kind of hovering. Um, you know, a couple of games behind the Phoenix Suns. You know, mm-hmm. just out of the playoff picture, and they got plenty of time. Maybe when they get Fox and Bagley back. If they can stay within striking distance, they'll have time to make a move and get up in there before it's too late. Uh, But they need to stay afloat because it's a little touch and go right now. Okay, you're your third team. This one has been a little rough. Yeah, and we're yeah. talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, They've been yeah. struggling. Um, you know, coming into today, they lost seven in a row. A lot of people getting dunked on. Okay. <laughs> no, I gotta say, Jackson Hayes has been throwing down a couple of nice dunks on people, but for the most part, yeah, a lot of it's a lot of them. It's been a lot on. of the Pelicans um, getting dunked on. You know, unfortunately, they ran into Luca, who threw up like thirty-eight and eighteen on him in twenty-eight minutes, and then went and sat down for the rest of the game. Ridiculous. You know, in the fourth quarter, Ridiculous. they ran into Devin Booker, who hung four. 44 on them the other night and, you know, help push the Suns past them in OT. It's just they're out there competing. You you can't take that they away from They are competing. They they're, are competing. Brandon out, Ingram is having a breakout season. Yep, they're out there competing. But the problem is they're a young team. They're struggling to finish games. Um, they lost a game to the Thunder, you know, earlier in the week mm. that they gave up a late 12-0 run. And That's it killed good. them. That's not you know? good. And they ran out of gas against the Suns in overtime. You know, so, again, like you mentioned, Brandon Ingram's been the bright spot, but you can't help but feel that at this point, you know, it's all about waiting on Zion and seeing what he looks like when he hits the court because, I mean, the season is more or less already lost. They're falling back pretty hard in the Western Conference. Um, But the thing is, with Zion, you don't know how much he's even going to play necessarily because the, the Pelicans have decidedly been like, you know, we're going to keep him as long as he needs to kind of get his weight down and get his like kind of biomechanics down. So he's falling right and moving right and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's going to take him a little while to come back and he's probably also not going to be playing back to backs either. They're going to load manage him throughout this year. So it's really about in a way waiting to see if they get another lottery pick. And Lonzo Ball got to stay healthy, man. Like, that guy can't stay on the court. I don't know what's going on with him. Sometimes it's just it's, it's luck like that, man. And and, I, and you never know how you know people are taking care of their bodies or kind of what they're doing. It's just it's unfortunate, man. Some some guys have bad injury luck, and they're just never able to realize their full potential. It sucks. You know what's interesting? I was looking at the standing for the Eastern and Western Conference, and one thing that was interesting is at – the eighth playoff spot in both conferences yeah. sits a team that's either right at 500 or right. a game above 500. Right. For a long time in the yeah. Eastern Conference, teams under 500 was making it and to the playoffs. And we're, and we're talking like 
five, six games under 500. Yeah, it was making it to the playoffs yeah. and stuff like that. But right now, you're really starting to see balance between the East and the Western Conference as far as it pertains to the top teams in those conferences and the, the, the bottom teams in those conferences. And they're not really being, like we were saying, much wiggle room. If you're a 500 team, you are in the game. Yeah. If you're under a 500 team, you're not in the game. In the Western Conference, that wasn't the case. You yeah. could be you could be over 500 and, and, not, make and not make the playoffs. But right now, it's evened out. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder how it's going to shake out at the end of the year if we're not going to see a similar trend to what we've been seeing, uh-huh. you know, because it's still early. But, yeah, I think right now um, you could see the teams that are, you know, what, you know, three spots out of the playoff picture. Like, they're all kind of hovering around the same record in both conferences. Like, mm-hmm. nobody is, like, super, super out of it. You know, no and, one's and, super and so Even from, the last teams, in the, I mean, except for the Knicks. The Knicks are out of it. The well, Warriors are out of it. Yeah, and I think the Pelicans are getting there at this point. Yeah, no, the Pelicans are getting there. The yeah. Pelicans are, see, the Kings still have a shot. The Kings do still have a shot. You know, and they, that's, they're that's what, real. They're, they're like two... There are like two and a half games out right now. They are not out of this. All right, so let's talk about the upcoming teams we're going to yeah. watch for this week coming up. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You, you go I'll let, first. Yeah, I was say, I'll let you start last time. I'll go ahead and start first. All right, you and, go you first. Know, whatnot. So, all right, so I'm starting off with the Orlando Magic. And also, I just kind of want to say to everybody, I think we've gotten to the point now where we've watched everybody between the two of us. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So so now we, we might recycle a couple of people. But, yeah, I definitely think— I mean, we're definitely going to have to recycle. It's a long season. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so with the Orlando Magic, they're going to uh-huh. be my first team on the list. Um, they're actually holding on to that last playoff Gordon spot just in came the Eastern back. Conference. Yeah, and Eric Gordon just came back. Um, it's interesting because when you look at their offensive stats, really not very impressive. Evan Fournier is actually their leading scorer right which now. Which is wild to which, me. which is pretty weird, but uh, I'll say this, right? A lot of people have been noting that he's playing pretty well. He has and, been. And he's been shooting the lights out from three. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's been, showing, he's it, showing why weird. he's an NBA player. Yeah, and, and I, I think... That's real, you know. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when you look at some of the numbers, man, they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, and it really shows because they're having a hard time consistently finding people to put the scoring on the board. And mm. when I think about the Magic, right, there there are a couple of bench players that are kind of doing their thing a little bit. I've been pleasantly surprised by Markel Fultz. Yo, me too. I mean, him having 20-point game, him hitting jump shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they tried to say Philly's the reason he didn't have a jump shot. But Ben Simmons is hitting threes now, so I'm not going to yeah. blame Philly. But, yeah, Markel Fultz has been, you know, showing yeah. why he's the number one pick. Yeah, and, and with him, right, you know, so the three-point shot still isn't there necessarily, but in between that 10 to 19-foot range, you know, so the mid-range, he's been killing it, Killing man. it. But he's, he's always really had a mid-range jump yeah. shot. I mean, he's always had a mid-range shot. I mean, whatever happened in Philly, I can't really call it, but... He did always have like a little mid-range shot. And I, and I think that he's really finding that that is his game. And he's been doing pretty well with it. Um, the, the guy that I'm looking for, though, you know, as, as nice as it is to see Fultz doing what he's doing, the guy I'm looking for is Gordon. Because right mm-hmm. now, he is, the, he is the one guy on that team that really, to me, looks like he has star potential. He like does. Real he star does. potential. He's regressed a little bit. He's struggled a little bit to stay on the court, stay healthy. Um, and, you know, we're really kind of looking for him to make that little bit of a leap after he started, you know, kind of climbing last year, and you could see the signs, and he's regressed a little bit. So when I watch this team, 
I want to see if he is back taking charge and starting to impose his will a little bit because it, it looked like, you know, in the last couple of games, um, they were they were starting to try to get him going a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to see if it continues. What happened to his brother? I don't know. All right, next team. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but um, the next team I got are the Charlotte Hornets. Mm. So we talked about them a little bit in the very beginning. We you did. You know what I'm we talking did. about? Yeah. And I'm impressed with Devontae Graham. Mm. So he's a dude who I, I noticed him a little bit when he was in Kansas a couple of years ago mm-hmm. as, a, as a young and as a fearless scorer, you know, kind of guy who, um, you know, he was going to take some shots. He was going to put them up there and will his team to victory, you know, in college and stuff like that. And he, he had a really good senior season and all that. Um, coming into the NBA, he didn't really do much his rookie year, but mm. this year he's really stepped up, and he Ooh. is the number one scorer on that team right now. Him and Terry Rozier, actually, when I was talking about the the you know push and pull and the give and take with having two guards as your best players, right now they're playing well together. Mm. You know, they're actually like right around the same point. Uh, you know, in terms of scoring, you know, really leading this team. Um, so maybe you're not seeing a little bit of that Terry, you know, Rogier kind of, you know, scariness that you saw with Kyrie Irving and a little bit of that relationship that mm-hmm. looked a little bit sour. And then I remember we talked about PJ Washington. Who I has like PJ Washington. He's been the biggest surprise to me, man. He's he's actually leading the team right now in three point shooting. He's the best three point shooter on that team. Did not see that coming. Miles Bridges is starting to stretch his game to the outside a little bit as mm-hmm, well, in addition mm-hmm. to those hops and that physicality. Scoring is not their problem. No. Stopping people is their problem. I mean, their defense is the number. You can't win games without defense. No, and, and see, that's the thing, right? You know, there are some teams that are solid defensively and they just can't score the ball, which is where I would say that's where the Orlando Magic are. Charlotte Hornets can put the ball in the basket. They just can't stop anybody from scoring. Mm. You know, they're giving up like, you know, more than 100, you know, 10 points a game or something like that. It's rough. You know, you can't, you can't win like that. You can't win shootouts, you know, all the time, especially when you're a young defensive team. These guys need to learn how to defend as well as score the ball. The last team that I'm taking a look at is the Utah Jazz. We talked about them a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, truthfully, I'm a little bit surprised that they're not better than what they are right now. I, I really feel like they should be. Do you feel like that? I do feel that way. Yes, I did expect a hotter start. But are they likely to get better now that I'm watching them? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you just got to stick to watching the Chicago Bears, man, because I don't know what's going hey, on. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. The Chicago Bears are, you know, all of a sudden deciding they want to be good again. Just it's as in, soon as you start watching yeah, basketball, right? Ju- just, in t- just in time to, <laughs> hey, I, well, I've actually been watching the Bears game, but just in time to most likely miss the playoffs, the Bears have decided to be good. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's been playing about as well as you expect because he's a, he's a young star. He's a good player. They need another piece, though. They need another piece. I mean, they lost... Rubio last year. Um, Gobert, he's not taking any offensive steps that he he should be taking. As a, yeah, he's about as a, the same, right? You know, like, I mean, know, in, in, over at, ten points. A but game, as a center, know? I mean, if if somebody like Brook Lopez can add the three point shot, yeah. then Rudy Gobert needs to add something. Yeah, because, because <laughs> it don't got to be a three point he, shot, but it could be something he, like he likes to camp out down there and just like stay in the low post, which is like, hey, if you got mismatches, you know that is what it is. Also but the be, game's different. He now, also man. complains. I've seen you know some complaints from him saying that he doesn't like the way he's being used in the offense. It's like, 
what? You don't have no offense to be used. And if you had that, maybe they would utilize it. Yeah, it's like if you want to get stretched out to the three-point line or you want some mid-range or all that stuff, then, uh, you know, go make some of those shots. You know what I'm talking about? It's interesting because you mentioned they need another piece, right? So they got Bogdanovich from the Pacers last year. He's having the best season of his career. They kind of thought they had that piece in Mike Conley coming Mm, over. mm. The problem is he has not been able to get it together. You know, so, I mean, he's not necessarily bad. You know, he's not a bad player necessarily, but he's bad by his standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His field goal percentage, like, he's making shots at a lower rate than he ever has. Um, You know, he's not shooting the three very well, which is very unconley-like. And, unfortunately, what is very conley-like is the fact that he's been struggling to stay on the court. You know, he's been struggling with injuries. And so, I think they really thought that if they added... Mike Conley along with Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. and then you had you know some of these, and then you had some of these wings that were going to take some of the pressure off and do some shooting. And another guy, Joe Ingles, who is a forty, okay. he's a forty percent three point shooter, which is really good. Yeah, for those of you guys who don't know the stats, he's shooting like thirty percent now, which he's, is wild. He's shooting awfully. It's bad. Awfully. It's because he start getting attention. Once you start giving these you know certain players attention, man, they they numbers gonna go down. Yeah. You know? it, it, yeah, and, and you know what? That that's the thing, right? You know, when you don't have, you know, maybe that second guard that that they needed to take some of the pressure off, right? You had you had Ricky Rubio last year. And even though Ricky Rubio's not an elite scorer, he's another guy you gotta pay attention to. He's another guy that drives and penetrates and finds guys for open shots. Right now, they're kind of missing that because Mike Conley hasn't quite been himself. Mm. Maybe you get you know, maybe because he is such a good veteran, maybe if he can stay on the court, that the Jazz can gel around that and Donovan Mitchell can continue being what he is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe some of these other guys start to fall into line. I, I really just feel like they should be better when healthy. They can be better. And I think I do agree with you that eventually they will be better. It's not all doom and gloom. They're squarely in the playoffs right now. But I think if they want to really make some moves, um, you know, there's some gelling that needs to happen. But, you know, okay, so those are my three teams. Let's kick it off with your three teams. Who you got this I'm week? I'm going with the three Ds. Detroit, Denver, and Dallas. Yes. That's what I'm doing. Three Ds. That's a good De- lineup. Yeah, Detroit, Denver, and Dallas. The reason I'm going with Detroit, and I think I just I think I did watch Detroit recently. But the reason I'm going with Detroit is specifically for the reason we was talking about with the standings in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Yeah. They're not completely out of no. it. They're they're hovering right around. I expect them to be a playoff team, but I do think that this this stretch between games 20 and 40 are going to be very very crucial mm-hmm. for a lot of these teams that are expecting to make the playoffs. Yeah. And that's why I want to watch the Detroit Pistons because I feel like okay, 20 games into the season, boom bang bada boom, you got the next 10 games coming up. You kind of know what you have and what you don't have, and now go out there and get some wins. And they survived for a little bit without Blake Griffin. And that's you know, what I'm saying. You got him back now. So that's what I'm saying. So they got they got Blake Griffin back. They, they kind of Reggie have, Jackson is supposed to be coming back soon. Exactly. They, they, pretty soon they're going to have a full roster. I mean, Reggie Jackson is one thing. But having Blake Griffin back, now it's been a few weeks. I expect him to be at full strength. So I want to see what they're going to do moving forward. I want to see if they're going to put themselves in a position to be a playoff contender. One of the other teams I'm watching, that's a part of the three Ds, the Denver Nuggets. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I'm watching the Denver Nuggets is because for so long last year, they was the number one team in the Western Conference. Yeah. Which was surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. I don't think that people 
went into this season expecting them to not be that again. Right. Which is what they are, right? They're right there. Now, the problem is you've got two teams in L.A. that are still in the spotlight. I want to watch them to see if they've actually lost anything. I know Gary Harris has been struggling a little bit this season. So that's part of the reason why I'm watching them, right? Because they have they have a nice core. They have a nice yeah. team of players that can be consistent. You got Will Barton. You got I've always Gary. Liked Will Barton, I, I like Will Barton. I like Paul Millsap. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. Paul Millsap's a baller, and he's one of those guys that can fill up a stat sheet. I keep forgetting key. about him, man. Like, I mean, when I was watching, you know, Lakers Nuggets, mm-hmm. you know, from not too long ago, and it's like, yo, he's over there like banging put back dunks. I mean, and stuff but that's like what, that. so like, Paul like, Millsap. He, he's he's a sneaky player. You know what I'm saying? He's on the Nuggets. He's sneaky. And he's the, I think that people like him. He was on the Nuggets last year and got injured his wrist or something like that. Yeah, I think so. He, he lost a little bit of time. You know, the interesting thing, right, is like when you look back at Paul Millsap back when he was with like the Hawks and mm-hmm. stuff like that, it's like he was a star. He was like, a star. Know, he, he, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So he's not necessarily going to be the star on the Denver Nuggets, but he can still put up those numbers. Yeah. And the reason why I'm really watching the Denver Nuggets, this is my number one reason for watching them. I want to see if my guy Michael Porter Jr. is going to get any burn. I want to see Michael Porter Jr. flourish in the NBA. I think he can. I believe he can. I think he just needs the opportunity to. And with the Denver Nuggets being one of the top teams in the Western Conference, it seems as if he's only going to get opportunities in those games where they're blowing teams out and stuff like that. It's 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 just unfortunate, man, because I liked him so much. Mm-hmm. Like I, I liked his game. It's just it's, again, it's the injuries, man. Injuries. The, the injuries set him back. And, you know, uh, there's a learning curve that has to happen where he has to learn how to play the game at an NBA level and stay on the court. You know, there's just all these caveats. His talent, man, his talent is so tantalizing. I want to see this more on a consistent basis because I think, again, if he can stay on the court, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't need to have elite athleticism. He doesn't. He really doesn't. doesn't. He got a nice jump shot from what I've seen. He's got got a nice jumper, man. He's creative. He can score. He's smooth. Like, he could do all that. I just, again, I just got to see him stay on the court. Like, that's always the big thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with Jokic, right, his game is just so... His game is so interesting. It's like, unorthodox, you know, for, for, man. For a big for a big guy, right? Like you don't expect a big man to like and fade away one leg three point shots for the yeah, game. Yeah, and passing the way he passes too. You just don't see guys. Well, we can't his say size. we can't say okay his size because we've seen big guys do the one yeah. leg jump. Sh- Dirk, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's big seven footer doing the same thing. But Jokic seems to be on the heavier side. Yeah, when we li- say big, we talk we're talking yeah. weight wise. Yeah, talking yeah, heavy. The- yeah, he, he's a little clunky, and sometimes his game <laughs> his game looks really slow and just kind of weird. You know what like I'm he looked like about? he looked like the one player in the NBA that literally be like when something happens, he'll be like, "Hold my beer," and yeah. I believe him. I believe yes, him. I believe yes. he's actually handing somebody a beer to hold. He, he probably just came back from the locker room. He's he sma- he smashing a whole rack of ribs. He probably won't even say hold my bear. He'll probably finish it and then just go uh, do it. Uh-huh, go get another one. You know, he got a full rack and like a and like a 30-ounce steak hanging out. And he just went, hey, went back and just go devour and so come back on the court. You got to love players he, he like could, that. You could barely run up and down the court. And he's like getting taken advantage of on defense. But, you know, he's he's such an interesting star. And, I, and, and that team is good, man. It's like they've lost, you know, a couple of games that – you know, 
they probably didn't need to lose. Like, you know, they lost to the Kings, right? Mm -hmm. um, but overall, they're about what they were. It's just that they're better teams in front of them. We just got to see if, you know, they're if they can come together mm -hmm. in a way where, you know, their superior teamwork and well-roundedness can beat out some of that star power. I mean, I think that, you know, their team chemistry and their trust with each other, these are all factors that are going to help them. The fact that they're bringing back pretty much their same exact team from last year, these are things that are going to help them going up against, like, the Lakers and the Clippers and stuff like that. Uh, my third team I'm watching is one reason. Technically three reasons, but the one the main reason is Luca, and it's the Dallas Mavericks. Honestly, you could just fill this in for every week because anytime Luca starts doing stuff, I want to watch it. And that's what I'm saying. He's kind of becoming must-watch TV. I've been seeing this whole debate go on over the last week involving Luca and James Harden. Yeah. I don't think Luca's better than James Harden at all. But I do want to all. No. Hmm. Hmm. What, what, what do you think? Well, okay. Yeah, see, this is an interesting question because, I, I, well, I mean, I feel like, well, his size helps him be a better rebounder and, and stuff like that. And I think he's a, he's a good playmaker for his size. I mean, obviously, you can't say that anybody scores as well as James Harden. I would say they play two different positions. He's yeah, a point yeah, they, guard. James Harden's a shooting guard. If anything, James Harden... James Harden kind of doubles as a point guard, but, though. No, he, he's he's he, the primary playmaker. But he doubled as a point guard because that's the system in Houston. You know what I'm saying? He's a shooting guard. Period. James Harden yeah, is a no, shooting that's, guard. That's He's fair. a shooting that's guard. Fair. Luca's a point guard. And James Harden is a shooting guard that still puts up point guards types numbers. You know what I'm saying? And that's because of that's the a, system. That's a that's a fair point. You know what I'm saying? I, Luca, I feel like Luca. He's, he's always been to see to me it, and you know what that's a good point because I think like even when he was with OKC, he was classified as kind of a shooting he guard. A but shoot, he, he was a wing but he's, player. But he's but he always has been a playmaker. He's, he's a never maker, just yeah. been a scorer. Like even when he was OKC, man, he was shelling out the assists. Like so that's why he's a playmaker. That's why I feel like Luca is not not okay. Luca's not better than James Harden. Is it close? Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I and I think I I agree. I think I do agree with that. Um, that James Harden is better. I feel like yeah, like you're kind of suggesting the gap between them isn't super wide. I I do feel like maybe there are certain things that Luca does better. I mean, Luca's not a great defender, but he's like better if than there's James one Harden, thing I feel that Luca does better than yeah. James Harden is control the game. I feel like Luca has the keys to the car, right? Okay, and with that, because he's a good game manager, it works out. Now, with James Harden, I feel like he has the keys to the car, but because of his ability to manage, it's like, okay, you do that. If that makes sense. Does that make any sense? I guess I'm just, I don't know. I feel like in a way, I like, feel I just, like in a way we're making a distinction we don't have to make because I think that Luka Doncic does control the offense. He controls entire games. Now, now the, the, I, I'm I'm ultimately agreeing with you because I think James Harden at this point in his career is better. Maybe Luke, I think Luka is probably more complete just because he tries to be more complete. And he's younger. Yeah, and, and, and he's younger. Okay, the but, question but I'll is... But I'll tell you this, though. There might not be legitimately anybody in NBA history that has scored like James Harden can score, man. It's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's why I kind of feel like it's not fair to say Luca's better than him right now. I oh, yeah, feel no, like no, no, I feel no. like yeah. Luca no. can get there. He can get there and he will be at some point better I, yeah, than James Harden. I, I, mean, I, I just, guess I'm just kind of feeling undeniable. like Yeah, yeah. I, I guess like maybe when when you first talked about I I didn't want to seem like we're just kind of dismissing him out of hand. Oh, you know no, no, I mean? no. I'm not dismissing him out of hand. It's just one of those situations where I do feel like they're two different players and they play different positions. And because of that, people I and I think that people aren't considering that because 
James Harden and him both control the ball. And I just feel like it's not fair to compare him to James Harden when James Harden's a shooting guard. See, I feel like I feel like this is not so much about it's not so much about the positions because I feel like James Harden could be a point guard if he wants to be a point guard. He plays like a point guard, you know, when he wants to. I, I think the position part isn't so much the distinction. It's it's literally the style because James Harden is playing. James Harden, you could call him a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, or whatever. The way he plays basketball is just different. The way he spends so much time dribbling out there, breaking down people in ISO, how much of the offense goes through him. It's not a positional thing. That's just a straight-up James Harden thing. Yeah. And, and your point, though, is well taken mm-hmm. in that they allow that yeah. because— he is spec. I mean, come on, man. I'm, I was thinking about the Iverson thing earlier, right? And the way that he could break somebody down off the dribble and hit a shot from anywhere and stuff like that. James but, Harden, but he could, thing. but he could never, he could never do it like James Harden is doing it, man. Because yeah. nobody's done it like James. I mean, Harden's well, it's doing the it. evolution of the game. The yeah. step back wasn't even really a thing when Iverson was in the game. In the yeah. league, you know what I'm saying? So the side step, the step back. I mean, James Harden's out here literally creating new shots in his off season. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's funny though because we're talking about Luca and James Harden, right? And Luca is trying to be essentially what James Harden now is at and he's doing a, so imagine when he gets to where james harden's at now what he's going to be doing yeah imagine when he's not 20 yeah doing what oh he's doing God. right now oh Yo, but man. but you know what it, it's like i definitely don't don't want to disagree with the fact that uh james harden's a better player right now if for no other reason that he is arguably the greatest scorer that the nba has ever seen with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of I Think I Know Basketball. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Thanks a lot for listening. Like I said before, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, I Think I Know underscore BB. Check out our Instagram, I Think I Know underscore B-Ball. And listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Anchor FM app. Till next time.